You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Empire. Polanco sends one of the air toward left. It's pretty deep. Willingham going back to the warning track to the wall. Gone! Grand slam, Placido Polanco! Triple play fantasy baseball show with D. Mindy. Little cheesecake and Doc starts now. How about that, huh? Well, we're fortunate to have that guy in there because we welcome in a man who probably has a big mantle because he has a lot of hardware. Over his 16-year career, he was a two-time All-Star and a three-time Gold Glove, playing for four organizations. He'd be a darling in the fantasy baseball world as he offered that multi-position eligibility, playing second, third, and shortstop. He has the highest active fielding percentage for a second baseman at 99.27% and third baseman at 98.34%. The man that puts inspirational quotes and many TVTs on his Instagram. I like this guy already since he has alliteration <laughs> in his name. We welcome in Placido Polly Polanco. What's going hey. on? Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Thank, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure. You on. It's a pleasure. It's my yeah. pleasure. How's everything been with you? I know you're getting ready to travel today. How's your summer been? Summer's been really hot and traveling all over, you know, Arizona, LA, Wisconsin, all over. As you know, I'm with the Dodgers and I'm a special assistant to the player development department and uh, we have affiliates all over. So I have to stay traveling. The good part about it is that we have a team in the Dominican Republic. So I get get to go there a lot and see my parents also. (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. And before yeah. we get into your playing career, how did you get into that role with the Dodgers? Well, when I was with the Tigers, uh, I played with a guy named Will Rhymes. Will Rhymes, second baseman, remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the farm director now for the Dodgers. So he hired me as a special assistant. So Love that you're staying with the yeah. game. And I want to dive into your playing career because you began playing baseball at an early age and you were drafted June 2nd, 1994. And I, I want to make you feel old for a sec. That was like two weeks after I was born in the 19th <laughs> round. Don't do that to our guest, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> so you're drafted in the 19th round by the Cardinals. And in 1996, Class A, I mean, you led the league in hits right off the bat. You got promoted in the league in 1998. So pretty quickly for a prospect, you were a very good contact hitter, which I'm sure you get a lot. But I know David wanted to ask if yeah. you had a different nickname. Yeah, so my question did you ever want to sell out for power so you could become Placido Power Polanco instead? Uh, I'm pretty happy with the, one, with the way my career went, with uh, being a contact hitter. And, you know, maybe, I mean, look at my size. I'm not a big guy. If I would have went, if I would have shot for the fans, maybe I would have struck out a lot more, you know. And I was known for being a contact hitter. And uh, 
and um, I guess um, signing with the San Luis Cardinals, which I think, which I think is a great organization when it comes to fundamentals. They really taught me what was going to be best for me, you know, and hitting the ball the other way, let the ball travel, playing good defense, you know, doing the little things to help the team win games. And that's what I really focus on. And um, actually, I think it paid off because, you know, I'm very happy with the way my career went. And because remember, I was a guy that when I was maybe 13, 14, not a lot of scouts looked at me, you know, because this guy's not a burner. He can really run too fast. He's okay. His arm is average. He doesn't have power. His defense is good, but I mean, I don't know if we want to take our chances just signing a guy that can, you know, just play defense. So, but um, something that Scout saw in me was my heart, and 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 something that um, it's it's kind of tough to see. I mean, you know, but he he kind of had a feeling for it, and he goes like, "I'm gonna sign this guy. I'm gonna take my chances," and and you know, it paid off, and 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 I'm really very grateful for that. His name is Johnny DiPuglia. He's working for the Washington Nationals right now as a vice president of, uh, I don't know, operations or something like that. But he's, he's, he's a really good scout. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. And, you know, all 5'9", 190 of you really got in during that power years that you had in the Phillies, um, which in you hit 14 in 2003 and you hit 17 in 2004. They ended up making the mistake trading you to the Tigers in 2005 as Yugwith Urbina and Ramon Martinez didn't pan out for them. Those are some TVT names. Now, Detroit would be your home for the next five seasons as you had some amazing years there. In 2005, you hit 338 and had a career best OPS. You won the MVP of the AL6 2000 or the 2006 ALCS. The following year, you set a major league record for second baseman by playing 149 consecutive errorless games. You actually went the entire 2000 se- 2007 without season, without making an error, earning your first gold glove. Like that is so impressive. Yeah. So I'm curious and Flossy dog, uh, this is, this is honest. We're friends now. We've been friends for about five minutes. So I I need to Uh honesty from you during that season. Was there a play that should have been counted as an error, but they gave it as a hit that you remember? I don't recall. (laughs) I don't recall. I don't really remember. Hey, probably, probably, but, um, I mean, when when you have a season without an error, everything has to go your way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because any ground ball could have come up, and you know, and or a bad throw, or, or or somebody trying to break up a double play would have forced me to throw the ball back to first base or whatever. It's just everything went the right way. But I don't recall that. You know, I don't recall that. As a matter of fact, I didn't know. I didn't have any error until like it was like maybe eighty or ninety games, something crazy. Because I was just so focused in a, in a game at a time and. And and it wasn't until somebody told me like, bro, you're going to break a record. You're like pretty close and you're going to do this, you know, and they put it in my mind. They now I started blocking the ball instead of catching the ball <laughs> at second base. <laughs> and, um, and that's how it went. So, dude, I was going to answer your question because I actually looked this up. They said his stretch was at 147 games and then he was charged with an error. And then the crew looked at it the next day and they gave the error to Marcus Thames. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. At first base? Yeah, it was an August 24th might, game against the Yankees. Might have, yeah. Now I think I remember, yeah. All right, yeah. well, I mean, the, the streak... I think I, a little bit, a little bit, uh, yeah. The, the like streak that, was, very... Yeah, the streak was kept alive for a couple more days, which is just extending the longevity of it. But 
How does it feel knowing that you had a longer career than most and you still have the highest fielding percentage? Like, how are you so accurate? Well, like I said, you know, coming up with a, with a San Luis Cardinals organization, uh, I emphasize a lot of the defense, you know, because you, you can win a lot of games by playing good defense. You can be a great hitter, but you're not going to hit every day. But if your defense is there every day and you don't make any mental mistakes running the bases, you can win a lot of games. How many games do you either win or lose by one run? And it's just because you didn't catch the ball or because you didn't uh, run the bases right, you know? And those are things that are very, uh, you can control. And uh, that is something that I took a lot of pride in. So not only in that 2007 season where you a wizard on the field, you hit a career high 341, you had 200 hits, you also had the lowest strikeout percentage in the major leagues at 5.1%. So you're about as, as efficient as it gets. And I'll be honest, I was surprised that you finished 17th in MVP voting that year. I can't imagine 16 players in the American League had a better season. You were so efficient on both sides of the ball, which is something that we rarely see nowadays. Was there something about that season in particular of why you were so locked in? Yes, very specifically, uh, the, that was in 2007, right? Yes. In 2000, 2006, we were very close um, of winning the World Series. So we came up short, and I still had that sour taste in my mouth. And I'm like, man, we have a really good team, and you know, I think we can do it again. So I really prepared myself physically, but more mentally for next season. And, and especially going 0 for 17 in the World Series, I mean, the ALCS MVP, that really me a lot, you know, and I felt like I had something to prove. And I said, I'm not going to give any bats away. I'm just going to be, you know, because I, it really bothered me that we didn't win, you know, and something, it, it's something, you know, it really paid off. So the, the, the difference there was more mentally than physically, you know, so... Yeah, and, and I mean, I, like I said, I can just tell because that strikeout rate, like you have to be focused in every single at-bat. And I mean, you had 200 hits that season, so it's not like you're a part-time or a platoon player. And look, the Phillies, they caught their attention as they learned their mistake, and they signed you to a three-year, $18 million contract in 2010. You got the bag a little bit. And in 2011, you were selected to start the All-Star game, but unfortunately, you couldn't make it because of injury. You'd also record your 2000th hit in a Philly uniform in 2012. You'd have a short stint with the Marlins before officially retiring a Philly in 2016. But Placido, I want to go back to a game in 2008 when you became a naturalized American citizen, taking the oath of citizenship at Comerica Park. What did that mean to you in comparison to the other games that you had? Well, it was uh, very special because um. I had applied for the citizenship for, for years. And for some reason, I was in a, in a list, a security checklist that they put people randomly after September 11. And I was one of them. So I met somebody in Detroit during game. And uh, I mentioned him that, you know, I'm, I'm not a citizen because I'm still waiting because of this or whatever. So he transferred, me, he transferred my case from Florida to Michigan. And it was in a matter of maybe three or four days that I did the fingerprints and everything. So after being waiting for six, seven years, in four days, I became a, a, a citizen at Comerica Park in front of the fans with my teammates and all that. So that was very special. I've been, I mean, I've been in the United States more than I've been in the Dominican Republic. I came over here when I was 17. 
And uh, this is where I made my life. My, my kids were born here. And it's just super special for me. That's crazy that it took you six to seven years and there was no progress in Florida. And then you go to Michigan and it's three to four days. I'm really well, happy of that short turnaround. Well, it's just, uh, it's, it was just, um, uh, I was on the list that they put people randomly just after, you know, September 11. It wasn't because it was me. It's just, and then this person that worked like in the inside, he told me like, I don't even know why you're there. I mean, this is your professional ball player. You hear everybody know who you are, what you do for a living or whatever. So he came and he did it and it was really quick. And I'm very grateful for that. We got some people chiming in here. Placido is the man. Go Tigers. <laughs> we got our boy Real Deal Fantasy checking in. Um, people are up early today. <laughs> yeah, I want to see our guy Placido. Yeah. Um, so I'm curious, uh, Placido. So you are obviously a great contact hitter. And how do you feel like you would have fared into – things have obviously since 2013 changed some in the major leagues. You have relievers that are coming in for one batter, or now it's three batters, but you have guys that are strictly hard throwers coming out of the bullpen, throwing 100 miles an hour. And I know back when you were playing, Joel Zumaya was kind of like the first guy to really do that. Now it's every roster has three or four guys that can do that. Do you feel like your approach would have been the same? Do you feel like you would have been as successful in today's game with the increased velocities? You were very good against the fastball when you played. So I'm curious, kind of your thoughts. Well, when you have a guy throwing that hard, uh, because of adrenaline, you try to do too much. But with experience, you learn that is you have to do less. Just be a shorter, have a shorter swing, quicker. And that's what I had, a short and quick swing. So the guy that throws hard, that throws hard, you just, you know, try to put the ball in play and use that, that speed, that, that velocity of the ball and to let the ball travel. But, um, uh, when it comes to maybe maybe hitting more home runs or whatever, baseball is a game of adjustments. And uh, if it was required for me to hit more home runs to be in the major leagues, I probably would have go more for the fans. I would have hit less for average. But you know what? This is what they want me to do. So I would have probably maybe hit a few more, but uh, hit for less average. So, but for me, like uh, spreading the ball around was the was the key was the key and i think that's what really makes you a, a, a better hitter actually because when you watch um the best hitters in the game you know arbor Pujols, uh, miguel cabrera uh, tony Gwynn, way box those are guys that use the whole field you know they're not pool hitters and and, and they're going to be known for being one of the best of the game ever so placido oh, i'm sorry david you can go ahead. I was going to say, kind of going off David's question, we've seen an increase in technology. How do you think you would have used it in today's game? And I'm not talking about like the Astros cheating scandal, like that type of stuff. But someone like J.D. Martinez came out and said, hey, like I need video. Like it helps me break down my swing. There's a site called uh, Pitching or um, Fit or no, David, you know what? Fangraphs, no, right? Don't, you pitching Savant. Pitch, pitching Savant. Where you can actually Baseball see. Savant, Eric. Baseball oh Savant. Goodness, sorry. Gracious. Baseball Savant where you can see how much a pitcher throws a certain pitch and how fast it is. Do you think you would have used that today? Without a doubt. I mean, it's always been there. It's just now it's more accurate. You know, I mean, when you went to face uh, any pitcher, you had a pretty good idea of what he was going to do with you, you know. And um, but, but just because um, he tends to do this, that doesn't mean he's going to do that that day. He might change that day, so... Baseball is a game of adjustment. You have to adjust. And uh, 
And that's the, the difference between a major leaguer and a minor leaguer. A major leaguer makes an adjustment in one pitch, one at bat. A minor leaguer, sometimes it takes a game, a series, a month to make an adjustment. So that's, uh, they're not any weaker. I mean, we're not, in, just because we're in the major leaguer, in the major leagues, it doesn't mean we're stronger or, or it's just that we're, you know, we're more veteran and we know how to make adjustments right away. And uh, of course, you would have used that. But you also have to have a feel for the game, you know. No, don't just go there as a robot and oh, this is what's gonna happen. No, you gotta use your instincts. And and mm-hmm. as a manager, as a manager, you know, the manager get the manager get a lot of a lot of information, you know. But they have to use their feeling also. What's what's according to what's happening? How how he sees that guy that day, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And it's kind of interesting too. Like I can pull up your fan graphs page. And I can tell, so let's take your 2007 Detroit season, for example, just obliterating the fastball. It also did extremely well against the curveball, but I could tell not by a crazy amount, but you had some struggles with the slider that year. Uh, So it's very much you can kind of dive in how you are versus every pitch as well. So I think it could go the other way, too, where pitchers could look at that information. They say, Placido seems like he struggles most against the slider. I'm just going to throw him a bunch of sliders. How would you have counteracted that? No swinging at it. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, that's what I tell that's what I tell our guys in the minor leagues, and they go, uh, they ask me questions, and one a common question is like, how do you hit that curveball? And I go, the only way of hitting that curveball is not missing the fastball. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't miss the fastball, you, they won't throw that. <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah, well, I was. Yeah, I'm curious because. Take me through uh, an at-bat through, you know, let's, I'm trying to think of the toughest pitcher maybe at that time, you know, maybe like a Roy Holiday. Uh, Johan a, Santana. Johan Santana. You can like, say it, David. Like, I mean, these guys, so you go up to bat against these guys and you hear that like, hey, you're looking in one section, like, hey, I'm only going if it's in. Like, I'm not going to, if it's outside, I'm going to watch it. Like, when you face a guy that that's skilled and that talented, how are you approaching an at-bat versus them? Just looking for one specific Pitch, you know, like for for example, Johan Santana. Johan, when well, he was with um with um the uh, Twins, right? Mm-hmm. It's changeup, like really good changeup, and also a good fastball. So it's a big gap between a 96 mile an hour fastball and a 78 mile an hour changeup. So you have to be looking for either or. And I'm not gonna lie, there were times where I was sitting on changeups, and one of the few guys that I sat on changeups was Johan Santana because he threw it so many times and he was so good that I said, like, he's going to throw it at some point. So I would sit on that, you know, and uh, I would hit a few or, or, or sit on fastballs, just fastball and lay off the, the, the changeups, you know. So just look for something because sometimes you cannot cover the whole thing, and that's when you get a little bit confused as a hitter when you want to try to do too much and cover. And you think, sometimes you think, uh, you give pitchers a lot of credit as a hitter. You, you're like, oh, what, what is he going to try to do to me or whatever, instead of you thinking, like, I'm going to do this to him if he does this. If he throws here, I'm going to do that to him. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. 
So you know don't, don't, don't fall. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is we had Darnell McDonald on a couple of weeks ago and he's very big in the mental as or that you need to have great fielding abilities, but it's so much mental of it. You know, the, the preparation, the approach you have every at bat and, you know, from a guy, like you said, that's five, nine, one ninety. you know, that you had a couple double digit home run seasons and that you had a low strikeout rate that you were efficient fielding the ball that you didn't need that power. It was basically just your approach and your mental discipline going in. And, and his well, Z contact was freaking nuts too. You're in your zone contact. Anytime the ball was in the zone, you were hitting it over like 95% of the time, which is just had like insane, especially in today's game. Yeah, well, Yogi Berra used to say this game is 90% mental and all they have is physical. Ah. <laughs> we're we're talking with Placido Polanco, the man that has a lot of trophies in his mantle. Placido, we like to get our guests out of here with a little triple play rapid fire, some 10 this or that questions. You game? Yeah. All right. So not all these are going to be baseball related, and you probably haven't heard some of these before, okay? Uh, so I might not have an answer then. All right. All right. <laughs> I like would Placido. You, I like would you rather have a web gem to end the game or hit a walk-off home run? A walk-off. Oh, throwing yeah, a curveball the first yeah, one. Uh, I thought the defensive guy was going to say a web gem. Okay. Well, but a walk-off is a really – I had a few of them, and that's a really good feeling, man. <laughs> I bet. I bet. Would you rather not watch baseball for a year or no Instagram for three years? Uh, no Instagram for three years. What about the rest of your life? What do you mean? I'm not a big Instagrammer. Okay. All right. I, well, I, I don't really. I, I, I've been on Instagram for like maybe six, seven months. Yeah, but th <laughs> those are the most addicting months. He doesn't need hey, them, You know he what? Hey, look at my followers. Mine is even private. Uh, <laughs> my, I'm not open. I'm not open. You know that, right? I, I was going to say, I didn't know if you were real or not, because I was like, "There's he got to have more followers than this. No, because I'm private. I don't really, you know, I just do it to, to keep up with my high school mates, you know, and baseball friends and stuff like that. And, and people That's like it. you that are baseball related and, you know, my, my, my guys in the Dodgers and all that stuff. Okay. You know, all right. I, no social yeah. media. I like it old school. Yeah. Pineapple <laughs> yeah. on pizza. Yes or no? Love it. Hawaiian. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Uh, I, I love it already. Can't do it. Can't do it. Would you rather rewind or pause your life? Oh, my God. Hey, probably pause it. Okay. Mm, I like yeah. that. Would you always rather always hit a red light, red light for the rest of your life or always get slow internet after the sun goes down? At red life. <laughs> okay. What, like what do you mean red life? I think oh, no, red, red light. light. Like you're driving, you always hit a red light after the sun goes down or for the rest of your it's life. Just Eric's poor English. I haven't had my <laughs> coffee yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's a, you mean like stop after the sunlight goes down? Yeah. So you always hit a red light every time you're driving. You're uh -huh. never going to hit a green light. Or after the sun goes down, your internet is going to be slow every night. No, no, the, the, the light, the red light. Okay. All right. Yeah. The man is patient just like he was at the yeah. plate. Yeah. Would you rather participate in a water balloon fight or a snowball fight? <laughs> snowball. I like it. A, a good old snowball fight is underrated. <laughs> 
Would you rather sit in wet paint and not know about it or step in gum with your bare foot? Uh, probably stepping gum with my bare foot. Okay. That wet pain feeling. No way. I've done, I've, I've done, yeah. I don't like that feeling. <laughs> All right. We got three left here. Would you rather never get a paper cut again or never get anything stuck in your teeth again? Uh, never get anything stuck in my teeth again. Those paper cuts hurt, though. They, they hurt, but they heal quick. And my hands are like so... They're full of calories. They probably wouldn't even cut. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had to get anything stuck in your teeth, but I got a paper cut last because, like, man, I forgot. How much imagine, imagine if I had something in my teeth right now, and I'm like right here talking to you, like, hey, hey, hey. I like that be, and I, I can get it out. <laughs> it doesn't matter because like, you're still a three-time Gold Glove, two-time <laughs> All Star. That doesn't change it. You can have anything in your teeth. That yeah. <laughs> Would you rather yeah. encounter dinosaurs or aliens? Oh my God, that's a tough one. Oh my God. Probably aliens, because you have the benefit of the doubt. You don't know if they're good or bad, but dinosaurs might eat you. <laughs> that is true. I didn't even yeah. think about it in that. Yeah. What if aliens brought like gun, like vaporizers or something, though? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is the web that we can get down. The last one here. You hit 104 home runs for your career. I know you work with the Dodgers. If you took batting practice right now, could you hit one? I think I can. I actually, I think I'm stronger right now because you oh. know I'm, I'm because you know why? Because I'm like um, I'm lifting weights, so I'm I'm stronger. I know I can lift more. So if I hit the ball, I can probably hit it out. Like yeah. But are you talking about but you're talking about batting practice, right? Yeah, yes. yeah, batting oh, practice. Oh, oh yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Oh, oh can sure. we get video of this? Like, wait, wait, wait. I'm gonna do it just for you guys. Yes, yes. So wait, hold on. I have another one more quick question then. So uh -huh. if let's say you're facing, I'm trying to think of the, the softest thrower in the mate, like maybe like a Kyle Hendricks or something. He throws, like, he tops out at like 88 miles an hour. Could you hit uh -huh. that? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Without yes. a doubt. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I, I can like probably, it. You, you know something? I can probably hit 90 now, 90 something, but with practice, because this is just a, a thing of getting used to it. Your, your eyes need to get used to it. Your timing. You know, so if you hit off the pitcher, like maybe two, three days in a row, then you can go and, 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 and even, even when I was active, you needed like a good week of seeing pitches, you know, to, to be able to make contact and, and, and go out there and perform. So right now, if I see, you know, maybe pitcher here and here and there, I can probably make contact on that. I can't wait till like two weeks from now. I look on your Instagram and it's a video of you at batting practice, <laughs> cranking a home run out to left field and Babe Ruth calling it out. You're giving me ideas now. <laughs> All right. I love it. Well, Placido, we really appreciate you joining us. Before you exit, is there anything you want to plug to our audience where they can find you on the socials, anything that you're working on? Well, I'm not, I'm not really, I'm very low key, you know, I'm just working with the Dodgers and right now and uh, watching a lot of game, learning the game of baseball, maybe get involved in, in other capacity in baseball, maybe um, as a manager or something like that in the future when my son goes to college and stuff like that. But um, I want to say thank you for the support, you know, when I play, thank you guys for, for the support, for, for reaching out to me and, uh, and very grateful for all these and i wish you nothing but the best and you know anything you need you you know you have my contact now yeah so. and make sure make sure you follow him on instagram he only has 799 right now he's <laughs> right at that he's almost at the 800 make sure you i'm follow gonna him open and, it up 
I'm going to open it up. Yeah. Okay. Polly yeah, 27. Polly 27 interview now. on Instagram. Yeah. You, this, okay. you terrorized my twins for so long, and now I'm now I feel okay about it. Now after talking with you, There's so many I'm, years you did it to us. But. I'm so glad about that. <laughs> <laughs>